Welcome back to The Loop. I'm Alex Myers. As always, I'm joined by Steve Hennessy and Christopher Powers. Um, we got an interesting show this week, obviously, with all that's happened in the past few days. The biggest news, of course, being John Rahm jumping for live, leaving the PGA Tour. Uh, we will have our Joel Beal on to discuss that in greater detail. But first, we want to start uh, by sending things down to Orlando where our uh, colleague is on the ground there, Chris Powers, in the house for the PNC Championship. Uh, CP, I understand you just got there. The event, this is a Tuesday. The event doesn't actually start till Saturday. Uh, you're going to miss it, but you're there for a few days. What can you tell us from the ground right now at the PMC, PNC Championship? Yeah, people are prob probably just heard that and are going, what the hell is he doing down there? Um, but I we do have a video shoot tomorrow on Wednesday um, nice. with a multi-major champion. I'll just I'll just tease that. So so very excited for that. So Wednesday will be a productive day and get to be on camera, which is always nice. And then Thursday and Friday, as far as I know, I know Friday's a pro-am for sure um so they'll all be there tiger and charlie will be there we'll, we'll get time with them and um there'll be plenty to write about and i think thursday is just like a practice day too or it might be another pro-am so i will be here working covering tiger woods and his son playing golf on thursday and friday uh but i do have to dip out friday night um there's some family christmas uh things that i i uh i'd, I'd prefer not to you know, be in my mother-in-law's shit list or my mother's shit list. I, I have to make both of them happy this weekend um, or else they'll never let me live it down. So I got to head back Friday night. But yeah, I'm down here. Weather's beautiful. Very excited. Always fun to to see Tiger um, hit golf shots. So super excited for that. And Charlie, I've never seen. Um, oh, I've yeah. never seen Charlie. I've never seen I've, Charlie I've play. So this Charlie is my, yeah, in playing. Yeah. That's it. That's a big deal. You're right. And, and little John, obviously, I think the, little, uh, the daily should be in. Yeah, it should be. Electric. It's going to be fun. It'll be a fun. It'll be a fun, uh, fun week of, of work for sure. Not that I mean, every week of work is fun for us, but this this one will be very fun. Yeah, this one's good. You know, we joke a lot about fifth majors and all that. But this like in the past <laughs> few years actually really has been the fifth major in golf because it's one of the only events the Tiger plays in. He gets to ride the cart. You know, we get to see Charlie. Charlie now looks like a little more grown up, but I think it was even cooler when he was 11 years old or whatever. And he was making Eagles or, you know, whatever, whatever that year was, he made his first ever Eagle. And that was with the cameras rolling. He was wearing the red, you know, they're wearing the matching red and black. They're doing the fist pumps. It's pretty awesome. And then before that, yeah, you had the dailies come along. Little John was absolutely electric as a teenager. He's obviously at, at Arkansas now following dad's footsteps. And then, you know, you have JT and his dad who have won this. Um, you have VJ and Quass, I guess that's how you say it, Singh, who finally won it last. Cass. Cass, Cass, what am I? I'm an idiot. Cass, there's no Q. Cass, um, they, they were in it 16 years before they won. They had three runner-ups. Um, and then a new team, Steve Stricker, Team Stricker, he's playing with one of his daughters. I forgot which one. They're both amazing players. Either it's Izzy or, or, or Bobby, I think. Um, they're the favorites. At some books, or at least the co-favorites. So, yeah, big time, big time field here, uh, CP. You might, you might see uh, quite a tournament. 
Yeah, you're right, though, about the fifth major, too. And just December in general. I mean, yeah, I, we've, you've been here a long time. I, I've worked here since 2017. December used to be like kind of the shut it down and, and yeah. take a break and turn your brain off month. And now between, I mean, ROM and all the live thing and the negotiations. I mean, this has been one of the, the craziest months of, of the year for us. But uh, but this will be a nice like like last week with the Grant Thornton. This is a nice um you know, kind of kick back and actually watch golf and 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 uh, ignore all the drama week for sure. And then just what you said about Charlie, um, somebody shared a picture from last year. I think it was at the dinner where little John and, and big John had the Hooters jackets on and they took a picture with Tiger and Charlie. And even last year, Charlie looked like a tiny little tight compared to little yeah. John. And now I, I know, you know, kids grow up and you become a teenager and then an adult so it makes sense but he is like he's had an insane growth spurt obviously we've talked about i'm not trying to be a creep here we've talked about the size of his hands his hands are gigantic he looks like he's got those future pro athlete hands obviously um you know he's not lighting it up in high school but he's, he's playing some some solid golf and uh yeah 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 very excited to see um how he handles this week yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, you know, he helped his team, you know, he plays for a team that won a state championship in Florida. He's a, he's a really good player. I mean, is he the next Tiger Woods? Of course not, but he's a really good player. He obviously hits the ball amazingly. His swing is beautiful. The comparisons to, to, to Rory's swing, he's, you know, he's got Tiger as a teacher. He's done, he's done a good job. Yeah. You know, this used to be dead December and now it's December. I, I, I don't know what's better. I guess this is better, but it really does seem like there's no chance to ever even take a, a breather with all this stuff. And, and we're not going to get into the Grant Thornton much. It was, it was a very cool event. Congrats to Jason Day and Lydia Coe. I know, um, you know, Ludwig was in the mix at the end there. Corey Connors and uh, Brooke Henderson, Team Canada was in there. Unbelievable, by the way. Ellie Day, just like three kids on top of her at once. Plus they've got like I didn't three see others. Really? She oh my God. I too. Yeah. I tweeted about it. She had one, you know, with the chest thing. She yeah. was holding another one. The other three were draped on her because that's what you do when you're a kid to your mother. And it's I tweeted, you know, imagine her face when Jason Day comes home from playing golf. He's like, oh, my back really hurts. And she's got three kids. <laughs> I can only imagine what that's, what goes I, through her head. I'm sorry. I missed that. That's a good that's a good tweet. The only I, I remember once seeing Dab Simpson like hurting five kids at the RSM classic while <laughs> Webb was going to a playoff. And I remember like, how, like I have two, you don't have any yet. Who yep. is insane. When I think of the people who have three, even it blows my mind, but like the days, the Simpsons, the females, I, I don't know how they do it. Yeah, so shout out Ellie day. That's funny. I, I also want to say though, I don't want to shout out Grant Thornton too much because if we make such a big deal about it, then the Saudi PIF fund will just buy it. They'll just buy the whole <laughs> thing up because they're just going to take everything True. that they say is good. I mean, they have six. Don't they have six of the top 10 from that original PIP list now? Something yeah. like that. It's it's insane. Basically, the tour was like, okay, these are the most popular golfers. And they were like, all right, we'll just we'll just buy those. No, no, no big deal. <laughs> so uh, we've got to watch out what, what we say with all that. By the way, Stephen Hennessy is just joining us. He went into the office today and just to show you what a waste of time it is to go into the office. When you go into the office, you get sidetracked by these conversations that you can't even do your own work. So he's been, he's been now for 22 minutes 
trying to. He's probably he's, one meeting. He's probably his second yes. of like six meetings today exactly. too that he's going into the office for. Exactly. So I mean, come on, what? It, you Brutal. cannot replace the in-person conversation. No, it's, it's I, I can't believe you have, I can't you believe Marty do. Hackles there. If you only knew the conversations that were just had, um, business <laughs> business was done. Um, so, really? Wow. That's all. Well, that's all I could say. Uh, mergers and acquisitions. I know. Yeah. You know our 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 loop podcast is very important, but uh, yeah, that, that that was also a, uh, an important conversation. So you got yeah, you got to have a firm. Oh, I know. Firm Powers has a yeah. Powers has a uh, look. Beats on the cash. Look him in the eye. I appreciate. I appreciate Steve, look that. Look them in the eye. Give them a firm handshake. You're in the office. <laughs> That's right. But you always have to remember. Um, all right. So we have gotten over the our, our initial little rambling here. Uh, we're going to get to our chat with Joel Beal, senior writer who has really been covering, our guy who's been covering the live stuff the most, obviously, for the last couple of years. Uh, so here's our chat with Joel Beal. All right, we welcome in now someone who has won more GWAAs than John Rahm has won majors. Joel Beal, senior writer, Golf Digest. Hey, welcome to the show, Joel. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on. We're trying. I'm trying to keep this light because you know it's been such a heavy week plus of news. Obviously, you had the rollback stuff, and then the Rom rumors, and then it actually happens. And you know, not that we're all. I mean, we are, if we're being honest, we're, we are pro PJ tour here. Um, but you know, we want, we just want a, you know, to be able to watch the best players in the world play. And each of these moves seems to be hurting that hurting the overall product of golf. Um, so anyway, Joel, what, what, what your response a to the ROM move to live, how shocking was it? And obviously a lot changed since june when the tour made that surprise announcement yeah in, in terms of shocking you know the problem with this rom thing was legitimately the week after i mean i was still in italy following the Ryder cup since i was uh quarantined uh, a few days after the event but oh, right. I, I was hearing those rumors come up and rom's been someone that's been associated with live honestly since its inception uh, a lot of that has to do with you know, if you look at the guys that live as targeted, they have been international commodities. That's kind of the, the market they're going for. And also, I think with Rom's just, you know, let's be honest, his his proximity to Phil Mickelson and, yep. and his camp, obviously they share an agent. So because of that, Rom's always been in these discussions, no matter how many times Rom's try to put those rumors to bed, he's always just kind of been there. I'd say around late October, it started to gain steam that, hey, these aren't just the normal rumors. There actually could be something there. And then, you know, just to give you, to put the curtain behind what we've been dealing with, we basically had this ROM file built since Thanksgiving week. So we Ooh. felt that this was really going to happen. Um, that being said, you still give the guy the benefit of the doubt because he's been so adamant and, and so many times saying that he wasn't interested in the money. He wasn't interested in the format. Right. Um, and let's be honest, how many times have we heard certain guys were already gone to live and never went? I think the one always kind of pops to mind is Hideki Matsuyama. I go back to the week of the Open at St. Andrews. Even more prevalent than Hendrick Stenson and Cam Smith, both who kind of were the two names at the time. Hideki was the guy who everyone thought was gone. Obviously, Hideki is still here. Adam Scott was another person everyone thought was gone who's, who hasn't gone yet. So all that... And the fact that all these ROM things were kind of coming out from a pro live crowd as well, 
really made you wonder, okay, is this just kind of a negotiation tactic rather than anything concrete? And yet what really changed for me was probably four or five days before Rom signed, we really got some confirmation from guys who thought, Hey, this, this thing's probably happening. Um, even in, until the, you know, four or five hours before he announced, there was still a little holdout hope that Ron was going back and forth. But I think ultimately that was more even negotiation tactic from Rom's camp. Can we up that guaranteed money a little bit more? So, um, so in terms of surprise that I'm going to say no, just because it was so drawn out over almost two months. And yet, I mean, this was a guy who aside from Rory has probably been the most adamant of I'm not going. So you're right. This, a lot has happened since the inception. Uh, obviously, June 6th happened. Yet, Rom, even in August, was still saying this format doesn't interest me. So, in, in that sense, it, it was a it was a surprise. Uh, just because, listen, you really, you never really know these guys, right? You, you only get so, so many interactions with them, and I, I feel like unless someone's a, a family member or a friend, you can't speak for their character. But I will say. Rom is very well respected by his peers, by a lot of tour officials, by tournament directors. You don't hear, you know, he, he's not necessarily in that fraternity of uh, the top PGA tour players. He kind of does his own thing, but they all like and respect Rom. And for the most part, if you look at the guys who have gone to live, they've had some type of baggage of some sort, right? right. Rom changes that archetype. A, a guy who in his prime very well liked that jump. So in that, that sense, it was very very surprising and also i think the only thing that was a little disappointing because let's be honest you're right the the morality concerns are still there right or some people are going to still have the morality concerns i I can see how a player or players even fans can say well wait a minute like this saudi money is likely going to be in the pro game no matter what right either you're going to be getting it from the pga tour or you can run to it yourself i I think there's a nuance there between accepting it rather than hey there's no chance but i can understand how people can come to the conclusion of well what what you know should i still have these same moral clauses the one thing that was really just so on that sense i I, not that i give rama pass but i can understand why this is maybe a little bit different from past defections the one that was just a little dispiriting was one of the universal responses when you when you ask why do you like rom it's he's very eloquent he gets to the truth there's not a lot of bs with him to hear him say, I, you know what, I like that the, they're growing the game. I like the innovation. The innovation. Like the, yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, come on, man. I, I get you can't just say, yeah, I like money, but there was a better way to say that. So I think that was a little, little yeah. bit of, oh, man, even, even this guy who we thought was, uh, right, thought what told the truth is now kind of defaulting to the company line. But hey, I mean, when you're, that's what $600 million was right. Doing, right? Yeah. You might say anything. Say it's not say anything and wear anything, including that that jacket. I mean, a ridiculous jacket. Like this is the guy we all year we've been seeing wearing the green jacket, and now he's wearing a live Letterman jacket. It's like had to be. I almost think that was intentional. Yeah, it's like it's such a. And I joked before with these guys, like I almost don't want to say too many good things about the Grant Thornton because the Saudis might just buy that event too or steal that whole concept. I mean, if you throw enough money. At, at these things, they, they just seem like they can just be bought. So it's it's um it's unfortunate. Joel, I think everyone wants to know, you know, this a the status of this potential deal between the tour and um the Saudi PIF, uh, or and also 
what does the Rom signing do to it? Because it just seems like such a strange thing that if you're in negotiation with someone that you then go out and poach one of their biggest remaining assets during the negotiations. I mean, that just is a wild move to me. So what, what, how does this all fit in with that? Yeah. A few things there. One, it, there was a no poaching policy initially in the framework agreement right. that had to be subtracted. Basically talking to people on both sides, it, it basically violated antitrust regulations. So right. if things want to get through, they need to take that out. But there was also a kind of a wink, wink, Hey, let's, we're not going to take any of your guys. You're not going to take any of ours. Uh, I will say the reason though, this kind of happened is initially once the tour figured out, listen, we're going to get a lot of heat as you saw in the congressional hearings. If we partner with PIF, we need to bring in some outside money that way to kind of appease these antitrust worries that the government has at that point there the, there's a certain contingent on in the pga tour brass that's like well wait a minute why do we it, all these private equity groups can we just can this just be our alternate source of funding do we right. really need piff and you can see how they got to this point of well to the biggest asset piff had and this is at least in the minds of the pga tour uh brain trust is the lawsuit with the lawsuit now sidelined and you're seeing that Liv didn't bring any stars over in their second year the ratings were non-existent they were really failing to make make attraction with the golf populace hey if if we get the funding like can we just cut piff out altogether and can we just emerge victorious they got extremely greedy and they read read the room wrong mm -hmm. and because of this all of a sudden piff understood and by the way like th this these Private equity um, talks were the worst kept secret in golf. It, they, they were leaking out left and right. Um, clearly, there's been multiple reports posted about it. But even before that, Piff got word that, hey, I mean, these guys all run in the same circles. There, there was not keeping a secret for that. So once word got out, Piff understood, wait a minute, we might be totally boxed out here. How do we ensure we're still part of these discussions? And it, I mean, say what you want about how Liv's been run. Um, how, I mean, anything over the past two years. This was honestly one of the smartest plays they've done is, hey, if you guys want to screw around with us, we are more than happy to continue this war. This is this is everyone's looking at Ram as a negotiation tactic. I think it's more of a listen, if you I, I think that's that that does not do it justice to to the yeah. shot sent of we are in. There are multiple other offers out there um, from what we've been told that Ram's just the starter and Ram's. Ron only makes it more palatable, but June 6 makes that jump so much more palatable to so many guys. I mean, you, yeah, just through recording this, you saw this morning we had 21 tour players sending a, a letter, open letter to the, the PGA tour demanding a meeting and demanding changes. So there's clearly the, this break there. They've, they've lost Rory as a front man. Pitt is very well aware the tour is extremely vulnerable right now. But the ROM thing, yes, they're using it to show if you don't partner with us, we will go right back to coaching your guys. The problem is. Everybody on the outside looks at this as, well, this is clearly going to be an accelerator to these deals happening between Piff and Tor. The Tor still thinks they're coming at this, from what people have told me, that they're in a strong position. They look at this as, okay, are, they are more guys really going to jump? So instead of looking at this ROM as an accelerated Tor deal, there's more than a few voices going, well, that's fine. Let's just go back to the way things were. So th this week, Monahan is meeting with PIF officials to try to hammer out some type of deal. I don't think the ROM thing is 
uh, it's been very a weird, not even a weird. I understand why people think, well, this is clearly going to force both sides to come together. I can tell you right now, the tour does not look at this as well. Now we have to do deals with them. They almost are more emboldened to continue this out because they, they really feel like Rom is the outlier. How true that is. And this was also, I should say, mostly over the weekend. I, I would hope cooler heads prevailed and uh, some type of voice of reason would say, you do not want to continue this battle. Go yeah. ahead and X out while you can. But um, it, the next couple of days will be interesting because these meetings, the secrecy doesn't last long. So we'll, we'll, I want to be surprised by Friday if we get a good idea of the status between uh, PIF and, and the PGA Tour. Obviously, earlier this week, they announced uh, the tour announced their in advanced talks um, with the strategic sports group, which is mainly head headlined by uh, the Fenway group, which owns the Red Sox, the Penguins, Liverpool. Um, they have an F uh, NASCAR team that also includes, though, some other uh, investors, Arthur, Arthur Blank, uh, most notably Atlanta Falcons, um, Steve Cohen, uh, Cohen Capital, and then obviously the New York Mets. There's there's a lot of powerful guys in that. And those guys are also, they have history dealing with Saudi Arabia. So I wouldn't be surprised if you do see that kind of come together. But I just don't think the PIF and the tour, it, it's not the guarantee that some people are making out to be after the, this, this ROM signing. Wow. That's interesting. And I'm sort of surprised to hear that the tour didn't feel it was necessary to loop in the Saudis and PIF with those talks with the private equity you know it and I, I sort of get it from the other side because if if you see yourself as a potential partner like why are you um not including yeah. your potential partner in those talks so you could see how that sort of escalated to that point it, it's a good point steve the in the the as bad of a play as that was by the tour a, a big point uh of variant or a, a, bit, a big point we should note it note is that that deal, the framework agreement was such a small group. It was Monahan, it was Jimmy Dunn, it was Ed Hurley. A couple other tour uh, um, executives and, and lawyers were kind of brought in to finalize it. The group kind of now pushing towards the private equity, uh, private equity was no one was involved in those original frameworks. They don't feel beholden to PIF as maybe Monahan and some other people do. And yeah. others would actually even, you know, why that is you hear different reasons there are some guys who have taken the stance we do not want this money as part of our game there are other people honestly who I, without naming names they want live to continue because they always want that leverage against the tour they understand if these things are separate this is actually good for us we know that we will always have these offers for us so that mm -hmm. complicates matters too because it's not necessarily what's best for the pga tour some of these guys are just looking out for themselves which i you know I get it after everything that's happened the past few years, especially what happened on June 6th. But to to think that these players are necessarily looking out for the the, the best best of the game and the best of the tour, I don't think that's necessarily true. Yeah. And you mentioned before this letter that just went out today. I mean, you know, we keep when we talk about this stuff, we're thinking of the John Robs and the Camp Smiths and the, you know, the big stars and potentially a Matsuyama. We don't really think about the 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 rank and file guys, but this letter today went out and to even call, I mean, no disrespect to these guys, but to even call them tour players is a stretch. I mean, some of the guys on this list, it was like two gloves Ganey. He hasn't won on tour in 11 years. He hasn't even been like a full-time member. I don't think in a few years, like um, it's what is going on, Joel, with the, with this, it's like, you know, first you have the stars that were upset. And then even with the tour, throwing them a bone with Pip and, um, 
you know, the, the signature events and the no cuts and all this stuff, they're still upset. But now you have the the lower guys upset and all these guys are just wildly not upset. Yeah. over overvaluing their worth i mean you know it, it just what is going on with some of these these guys yeah it's <clears throat> well let's start with this for far too long one of the reasons the pga tour even got into this problem that it did a couple of years ago was guys like rory guys like tiger their vote was essentially the same as the rank and file because the pga tour is a membership base so what we're seeing now no matter how this plays out ultimately the top 40, 50 players, they're going to benefit in, in some way. They're not going to be hurting with whatever this new golf world is. All these got the rest of the tour membership though, which is still a lot of players are realizing their station is about to drastically change. So what you're seeing is both a response of a, a, a point of variance from how things were to now also realizing, Oh my gosh, we're basically going to be treated like, you know, I put minor leaguers in quotes, but they're going to basically be, you know, quadruple A players, you know, to use a baseball term, they're, they're going to see their way of life drastically changed. Uh, so I understand that the worry there, but at the same time, but, yeah, that, yep. Hang on. What I don't get, what is going to change so bad where these guys, so like we're talking about numbers 50 through 125. Yeah, like Peter Malnati, like right. two, he's still going to get to play in 30 events a year. If he wants where the winner gets, over a million dollars to play There's and now he's not going to be playing against the best players even in a way it almost helps him it is i see that but also like there was a very clear path to you know success of okay if i do really well in a few events i'm in the top 50 in the world and now my whole season opens up and you know then right. i have a chance like now there's there's even more barriers to entry for for those guys I, I get it and you know their their life okay is, okay I don't know. So it's like Steve, i i would totally agree. i totally agree with you it's, it's interesting i <clears throat> not that i am taking a side either way but the one thing i always push back on two the two things i push back on guys who think there's no way to get in i think eric cole season is just hey meritocracy yeah. still works here right yeah, yeah those, those opportunities are gonna be limited but you can still go from someone playing on the lowest of low levels of professional golf and be a top 50 player in the world. And so I, I think that's important. What I think is going to be gone though, is somebody like Zach Blair who had a great comeback season, right? Right. Look at though, how he got into the travelers, which basically then was the springboard for the rest of his season. That type of Avenue is no longer going to be there. And that is, I think what scares guys. Now the Zach Blair is such an aberration that that's the aberration right. where guys dream of. And it happens so rarely, but now with that gone, they feel like they are totally pigeonholed. Um, but yeah, at the same time, like it's a bit of a market correction. I, I, you know, like James Hahn, like I, I, I he's been one of the most, you know, vocal guys against all this change. I get it. You know, like it, it, it stinks for what, you grew up is or what you kind of bought into it is is not going to no longer be the same but you look at every other professional sport if you're kind of at that same station as james Hahn as an nba player you might only get two or three years in the league as an nfl yeah. guy you might make it one year the fact that these guys had these 30-year runways and they just expect that to be the same you, you can't pound your chest about meritocracy then get upset when that meritocracy works against you so that it's i think that's what seems very toned up in these in these letters and these complaints um you're yeah i i it stinks that this is happening but i also wouldn't classify what's happening as unfair 
Yeah, there yeah. was someone who was saying, uh, oh, yeah, they say, I forgot who it was. It was some interview, and they're like, yeah, they always say play better, but it's hard to play better against Scotty Shepard. Oh, yeah, that's the point of sports. Like, the guys riding the bench in the NBA could say the same thing. Oh, it's hard playing against LeBron James. Yeah, it is hard. That's why he's LeBron James and you're on the bench. I mean, to me, it's like at some point, you're right. Eric Cole is just a perfect example. I mean, the guy, I mean, he's still playing minor league golf events because he's just so used to it. But he goes out there and he starts playing great at the smaller events. And, and you're right, he's in the top 50 in the world. So I don't know. I just think it's it's kind of crazy to me. Um, our 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 buddy Kevin Clark had this tweet last night about um how the NFL, you know, the, all these sports leagues try to make guys into stars. The NFL has a Italian guy playing quarterback for a couple of weeks and he's like a sensation and nobody even, it just happens. Like these golfers think that they're like on that level. I mean, Tommy DeVito is more famous than John Rahm. John Rahm won the freaking masters. Like, but these guys think they should be getting paid. Like, you know, Shohei Otani and this and that. And to me, Joel, it's just like Tiger should have, Phil should have to an extent, but the other guys are just not, you know, they're not putting the fans in the seat. So yeah, that's not relative. A, a couple of problems with that. And I totally agree with you, Alex. One thing is, let's be honest, golf is a sport that let's be honest, caters to a certain class, right? And yeah. only do most golfers kind of come from privilege. A lot of people they hang out with once they become pros are fellow athletes or fellow celebrities or fellow rich people. So that kind of privilege is even amplified once they get right. there. And you're right. They, they hold themselves. Some of these guys hold themselves as quote unquote athletes. But the problem is if you're the 50th best golf in the world, doesn't mean you should get paid like the 50th, 50th best baseball player in the world. Right. But they, right. they look at those parallels. Right. Um, the other thing I think that's kind of, a, a bit of a issue when it gets to th this idea of one. I, I gotta be honest when I earlier this year or last year, when they said they were going to announce from the FedEx playoffs, Virginia from 125 to 70, I thought, man, that's really getting thin. I gotta be honest. I, I don't know if you guys feel differently. I felt like that was a really good number because there weren't really that many big name guys who yeah. the playoffs. And you know what? Justin Thomas, he, he should get punished if you don't play play well right um so if anything i felt like this season of all the crazy things i've gone on that move from 125 to 70 kind of said you know what we there's still a lot of fat here do we really need 125 guys to make the playoffs and can we even go further can we even make it down to 50 so right. I, I hate the idea of no cut uh, uh events but right. also here limited fields like man i don't know maybe the top the top league in the world should just be 70 80 guys because Yes, the, the margins are thin, but at the same time, the, the drop from the top 15 to 20 to the next group, to then that third group, is, is there's still a wide variance there. And I, I think, if anything, like you're going to see the, the top golfers get more chances. And, yes, it might get harder to get in there, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. I and those it. guys who didn't make it still had a chance in the fall and, and, and you know, yeah. to, to still get – to at least be able to play this, this extra. I think the biggest sticking thing there, Joel, and again, it speaks to the larger point here of how, you know, the tour mismanaged, whatever you want to say, is that they they threw that rule, that new rule, like during the middle of the season and just yeah. kind of like shocked people. Like, you know, because everything's just so rushed. Everything's, everything's a reaction to what the Saudis are doing, you know, whether it's the PIP, whether it's the signature events, the no cuts, 
cutting it from 125 to 70. It was all these things that they just are doing on the fly. So I, you know, that was definitely messy in how it was handled, but I'm with you, man. I mean, yeah, you, you, you know, not everybody makes the playoffs in any sport. I mean, there should be some kind of cutoff. Right. If, if, if one of the biggest issues facing professional golf is, you know, aside from the, the four majors, basically every week looks like the week before and it's going to be the week after. If you want to give those weeks meaning, you have to make the playoffs mean something. Before it was basically everybody made it. So right. Um, I, I think that's a good move. Uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting times, man. It's I, To me, though, I, with this Rom news, I feel like we now at least are a bit in, a, in an endgame in the sense that we now kind of know there's only a couple of realities where golf's facing, right? One is the, the two tours come together. What that looks like, it's been interesting. It, it does seem like people on the PGA Tour side that are at least pro-unification. I don't think live golf is going away. Like that's going to be a part of this new thing. I, yeah. I, whether that's eight events and, and one person laid out, imagine from January to August, maybe there's four events, four live events, four team events, whether they're called live four team events. Um, how you would qualify for those would probably be predicated off of your tour championship finish or, you know, some, something merit-based where it's not, you know, you're not just going to see guys given teams. Right. Um, and then once the regular season ends or the, just the, you know, full season ends, I think at some point you'll have four more events in the fall, probably oh, from right. September, October, November, and then maybe like last week, December. So all eight team events, uh, what those four would take the place of, I, I think you can kind of see the writing on the wall a little bit with possibly the Wells Fargo. Is that going to be a signature event without a sponsor? So are the number of signature events minimized? Uh, are some of these other events that we've, considered big events to those maybe get uh turned into team events it'll be interesting to see how that plays but i i do think i do think unification is still probably the number one thing we're looking at uh number two would be we kind of exist in this what we've had the last two years where we have a number of really good marquee names on live with 35 40 has-beens never was is or you know just, just things like that i i my bet is though at least three more guys jump with Rom. Wow. Look at a deadline. What type of um, what type of status they have? Obviously, F Tony Finau kind of came out after some rumors and said, you know, at least telegraphed he plans on saying. There's a couple other big names that have already been out there. There's two that I'm surprised haven't really made the rounds yet, but I think you'll see here in the next week now that Finau's turn. I think you'll kind of see well who's next. But there, there's one name I think that's going to very very much surprise people. Um, I think that's that's not, not great just because, listen, like, say what you want about Liv, but they did kind of take a lot of these, I don't want to say bad got villains, but just characters, right? And right. golf is richer with those type of those type of individuals competing week in and week out. And the fact we only see it now four times a year, it, it's been nice as, uh, as someone who covers golf, I feel like the majors matter more than ever. But, man, it really feels like it's devalued the rest of the calendar, the other 48 weeks of the year so. If, if this happens, man, I think you're going to see at least another two or three years of watered down golf before they come back together. The third, which I think you're also going to see come out now a little bit. Uh, there were other private, private, private equity groups. Sorry about that. Uh, that were turned down. These okay. groups are not exactly happy with the process. And, and some of them felt like they were almost used to help up other bids or up pips bids. Mm not be surprised in the next couple of weeks if you see 
I hate I hate to say this, but a third possible league come up. Oh uh, my God! Stop it! A third league. There, there's oh, at least one, there's, there's at least one private uh, one of those groups that feels pretty emboldened that not only could, do they want to launch something, but the tour would not want to get in another antitrust war or ban guys. How many, if that's a new league, if it's a series, if it's only six to eight events, um, if they're run in conjunction with the tour. But I think you're going to really see this pop up in the next couple of weeks. Um, and this would be the time to do it. There's a couple interesting names attached. So that's, that's another, re- it's, I actually look at that almost more of a reason for the tour to get this deal done with the PIF than, than gotcha. Uh, I think the PGA tour could be in real trouble because at that point their product can be really watered down um, to the point where you really have to worry about fan retention and the product you're putting out. So I I think that is the uh, least realistic, but I also think it's, there's a non-zero chance of that happening. Um, And it's, it's, it's something that's been floated around probably since a little before Thanksgiving that, it felt like before the round decision last week, it really started to gain steam a little bit in, in some golf circles. So it's just yeah. something to keep an eye on. I still think unification's the the, the most likely, but um, just something something to keep your ears up for. And now, what happens? You know, it's December thirty first. We've all heard that like that's there's right. hope that there's an agreement by then. But what happens if there's not an agreement by then? I feel like I'm so confused by that. Does that deal go away can they prolong that or do they really have to do something by that no it, it's it's funny they've both mentioned both sides of mentioning wanting to get a deal done I, I think even though in the framework agreement they announced hey we can both push this deadline back okay. um, I, I think the most what this week is in peril of is at least gaining traction uh, i don't think it's been any secret the past eight nine weeks they, they've really stalled out on both sides a lot of that has to do with the tours interest in this private equity funding um so at least when people say, hey, Brom could be an accelerator and that it'll at least get these two sides back to talking again. Um, but I I would be very, very shocked if, if there's an actual deal done. But I do think you'll see, hey, we're still negotiating good good faith. We're now on the same page. Um, we we're still working towards this. We, there's still things to be done. But we in principle, we have that'll be another thing. I could, I've had two people say I can see like a another announcement of like in principle, here's what we've agreed on. Here's what we still need to hash out. Here's this next deadline or what I'm going to, what I'm going to put a deadline on it. But um, I, listen, live, live golf. is still going to be here in 2024. Um, anything after that, I think is a big question mark, but even if the deadline, a deal gets done in the next two weeks, live golf's not going to go away. Right. All right, Joel. <clears throat> well, thank you for giving us a lot to, uh, to digest the, the third league. I mean, good Lord. I mean, Golf is already in trouble if with two leagues like this. If another one comes in, I think it's a disaster. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, I, I guess we got to hope for this merger then. Anyway, Joel, thanks so much for, for joining us. Uh, he is Joel Beal. Is there anyone more plugged in, by the no. way, JB? I mean, some of the things you just heard, no one else. Tough to be more plugged in. Yeah. yeah very Go. plugged in. I, I don't know. I don't I, I Clearly didn't know who Tommy DeVito's agent was. So I'm, I'm... <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. right because right, you're like listening to the movers and shakers of golf talk yeah. about the future of our sport. Yeah, because you're talking to lawyers all day on the yeah. phone about us beyond worry about you know all the chicken <laughs> split agent uh, bullshit. Exactly. Speaking of which, one thing I'll end on uh, for yeah. those who um, 
for those who haven't seen it, check out the letter that's now on Twitter posted from the 21 guys. Yeah. As crazy as it sounds, uh, that law firm that is backing them is a legit law firm that uh, was, without getting into politics, was part of the group that uh, represented the voting machines against the defamation case. I think so. Okay. Million. So uh, I think I saw, like, I saw a couple of people making fun of fun of who would represent this. These are actually legit. <laughs> legit, legit. So yeah. uh, I don't, it, it, as much of a open letter PR thing, it, there's actually a little weight behind it. So just let me get my on. All and right, probably so, people see Tommy Ganey's name and you know jump yeah. to some conclusions, but that's nice to hear that there's that's, actually some legitimacy there. All yeah. right, uh, thanks a lot, Joel. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks Take care. See you. All right, good, good stuff from Joel, though. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, negative or scary news out there. Uh, lighter topic, CP. Uh, well, maybe not as much. The, the Orlando airport, I know you wanted to vent a little about it. Where would you rank it among your worst airports? I it's it, Look, it's it's a clean airport, I must say. It's very nice, but the, the logistics and the getting around and the monorails, it's, it's a little hectic there. Well, I am. Steve and I were just here, and I remember Steve was in full, like, pissed off dad mode, and I was with mm. him because the – getting the rental car actually the escalators were broken today so steve we should have just taken the elevator i don't know what the hell we were thinking they, it was one always. elevator down to the, to the rental car the thing. steve yeah, and i are going steve and I, it was like metlife stadium like <laughs> down an escalator up an escalator <laughs> side escalator corner escalator and we were like by the fifth escalator we were like what the hell is going on right now so today was a little bit better just took the elevator okay. um and we actually flew out of tampa last time so i'm i'm interested it it looks like good they got plenty of food options so we'll see friday night um the security line i'm not a tsa pre whatever the hell security i think it's gonna be my new always the worst at it looks it looked pretty bad on the way yeah. out um today always. so uh fortunately i think everything ends at like three on friday um so we'll be able to get some work done and i have a, a later flight um but yeah we'll see uh we'll see how i feel on the return I, I know i was here when i was a kid i don't i don't remember it um disney world trip yeah, you don't know anything i don't when you're there. yeah, yeah. you just your dad's dragging you around yeah. at the airport and he's the one walking 90 night yeah exactly he's walking yeah i've done the dad thing at all with times. the kids at disney world it's getting that that and then you get to that airport and you see the lines and you're like oh my god it's it's tough Newark, Newark, shockingly a breeze. Terminal A this morning. Um, if you get Terminal there early enough, like, there, and I got to shout out Laguardia. Is, Laguardia was the worst airport uh, in the country for a while. It, I mean, the new terminal, especially for Delta and everything, and I think JetBlue even. It's it's nice. Um, so shout saw out. Saw a couple. Yeah. Saw a couple sad Packers fans this morning, which made me very happy. <laughs> oh wow, yeah, and I'm I'm obviously rocking the Giants hat. How about uh, that? A game Tommy after Cutlets. the playoffs. Tommy Cutlets, baby. Unbelievable. I guess, like, I guess I got to – I mean, I know I, you, CP hates it when I root for them to get a higher draft pick, but I, the, the season that was gar – that, that guarantees you nothing, Myers. We've talked about this. It, you, the difference becomes when you can actually make the playoffs. Like, obviously, yeah, that's what, you have that's to That's why you play playoffs. every game. Play yeah. every game to win. Play Chase game. game, like, that made no difference whatsoever to win that. So that's why I was rooting for them to lose, but – 
now it's all in fucking panko tommy baby it's go. uh <laughs> we can beat fucking Derek carr let's go let's let's 100%. keep it rolling oh yeah they they stink they are eagles wild. look eagles look tired and dead huh and we're not done I'm afraid of the Rams. Stafford is Stafford is playing like Stafford's playing great. Perfect. That was perfect a tough, tough loss, though. They got daggered. Yeah, I know. No, but he is he is playing great. He did also. It was rainy. I think he threw one of the worst passes I've ever seen before that game time field goal, and they dropped yeah. pick. I mean, that was yes. like, what was he doing? Hey, he's unafraid. He he's not afraid to. He's not afraid. Chuck it up. He's never My been God. afraid. No, he's he's playing great. Uh, but yeah, the NFC is wide open. The AFC is wide open. There's just just no one that good. Everybody thought the Dolphins were this great team. They st- how do you lose that game last night? It's embarrassing. Uh, well, Stevie's uh, boy, hand up. I might have been wrong on Stevie's boy. Levis, baby, I, I, When he threw the pick last night in the first quarter, I compl- I was like, he's done. He stinks. <laughs> And I will say he hung in there nicely. I still don't think he's anything amazing, but he's no, not great. But he's oh, yeah, you know, he did a nice 18th job. best quarterback. He could probably. be. He could be. Yeah, he could be. You're right. Um, all right. Speaking of the NFL, let's get into our picks. Um, I honestly don't even really remember. All I do know is that on my own plays, although I do know we were all on Browns for a third time this year, we all took Browns and the Browns did it. We are three and oh with our Browns. Incredible. It came down to an incredible two point conversion. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. And I had money on the line at three. So it was like, I was oh. like, well, on the one hand I could win, but on the other hand I could lose and daggers fashion here. So that was a huge stop. I went three and oh on NFL games plus hit a two player parlay. Uh, on Sunday, so I had an amazing day. Plus, Mr. Ice, I think, hit again. Mr. Ice is hot, <laughs> he's red hot. Elio from Barstool. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, tell us how we did CP as a unit seven and two. It's amazing, truly remarkable. Um, of course, I don't bet any of these. Um, and <laughs> I'm retired, so but yeah, Steve, three and oh, unbelievable. Browns, Bengals, one outright. Rams plus seven, which obviously they, they covered even even uh with the wild punt return. Yeah. Um so three and a week. Steve is 28, 12, and two. This is insane. One of the dominant joined the uh the Las you know, Vegas super contest. You really should have Steve. As soon as you picked Bengals, by the way, after that call, I hopped on Browns for our vibes bet and I bet Bengals. I loved it. I said as great, I wish I had picked it. And that was the easiest, easiest bet of the week. I mean, oh, yeah. I think it was tied at halftime, which was kind of crazy because they were up 14-0, but then just if you could out. feel it, like the Colts had a, a pick six off Browning, like which was yeah. fluky. Right. So. Browning is good. Browning is yeah, really good. good. The game, I, I think Browning's better than Will yeah. Levis, put it that way. I like I really <laughs> like Browning. I think he's a really like solid player. Good. I yeah. thought, and again, I think Levis okay. I just but yeah, just to point it out, I think people overreacted to Burrow not being there. That was the point. It was good. It's a sharp play by Steve. All right. It was. So, very sharp. Um, Myers, you and I went two and one. Uh, Cleveland, both on Cleveland. Yeah. You were on the Patriots. Nice outright winner on Thursday night. Bold, bold play there. Nice. Um, and then I finally got a crossfire in my favor. Saints covered pretty easily. You were on the Panthers. So that was your uh, one loss. And, so I lost and another crossfire. So I'm Owen. Yes. Yeah, so I have, crossfire. you have, you owe um, Steve three. You owe me one. I owe Steve two. 
uh, right now. So I think the rich get rich. Kapalua could be a, a big week for Steve, or if he wants Good to spread him out, he can, he can kind of do whatever he wants. Or we can or we can try and get him back uh, this week. Come right. at me. I'm here. I lose every crossfire. I oh, <laughs> you do. It's amazing. Jeez. I am in third place. I'm 22 and 20. Myers is 22, 19, and one. That I'll start with the Jets plus nine. I think that Miami team's in in the kind of shambles right now. I, who knows what Tyreek um Mm. what Tyreek will look like by uh by next Sunday hopefully he gets healthy I have him in the fantasy playoffs that's that's all I've got to hang my hat on right now unfortunately is fantasy football so but plus nine's a lot I think that Jets defense is um incredible you give them that many points and obviously Zach looked better last week we'll go to the Packers coming off a brutal loss to our Giants minus three and a half I'll take the Packers I'm gonna take the Vikings plus three and a half Oh, it's a crossfire. I just said bingo. Can't draw it up any better. Oh, so I, that's a guaranteed that's loss for me right off the Great radio. Great radio. Great stuff. Great stuff. Okay, it's a guaranteed loss for me. Um, I, so I'm taking Bengals there. Um, I will take the – I'm going to still take the Colts at home against the Steelers, minus 2.5. Maybe they bounce back there. Um and then, man, the Pats did so well for me. I'm going to do Pats Chiefs. I'll take Pats with the nine and a half. Similar reasoning to you with the Jets there. It just That's a lot of points, and the Chiefs are not playing well. I know they got could have won if the play counted, which he clearly had a penalty. It's the most insane argument ever. Um, I, I'm going to take the Pats there to, uh, to just keep it within a, a touchdown or within double digits at least, single digits. Now, those are my three. Nice. Um, sitting on lead. Let's see. Uh, I mean, you. There's no week. We. I don't think we can catch you, Steve. I was gonna ask. I don't want. Yeah, I don't think you can get off. I mean, we could, but what week is it? Week. There's only four. Four more weeks. Fourteen. Four more weeks. So yeah, if I went zero and three, and you guys have a a bunch of two and ones, three and zeros, sure. Yeah, it could happen. It could happen, but it's probably like a two percent chance of happening. You're you're in such great. (laughs) 70% 70% for the year. I had a Titan. Amazing. Um, I, I think CP's still trying to talk. Poor guy. Orlando Airport. Doing him I'm dirty. Gonna stop, I'm going to stop talking. He's, at, he's actually at a hotel. It's the Marriott doing him dirty with some uh, lobby Wi-Fi. Wow. Before he plays. I don't feel that bad. He's about to play some golf. But... Where's he playing? Did, did we find out where he's playing? Uh, Hawks Landing? That's supposed to be good. Okay. okay. Can you not see me? We could see you. Yeah. You're just you know, like three yeah. seconds behind us. Um, I'm done talking. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Black City. You're going to listen back to this and be like, yeah. all right, this is what Pray we're for Greg. Pray for Greg Godfrey. Pray for Greg as always. Um, all right. We're going to Thursday night, which is brutal, but, you know, Myers did well on Thursday this week. Yep. We're going to Vegas minus three. Ooh. Against the Chargers. Herbert, it seems like, is. They're just going to sit him for the rest of the year, right? So um, the Raiders, halfway decent. Uh, they're not going to need to score too many points. The The total on this game is 14 points less than what the look-ahead line was. The look-ahead was 47.5. It's down to 33.5. And, and this is in Vegas, of you know, warm weather. Wow, that's low. Yeah. No snow or anything like that. So uh, we're going Vegas minus three. Right. 
Um, we're going Tennessee uh, minus two and a half. Was that one of yours, Myers? No, last week. Yeah. I, think. I think this was. I didn't think anyone else had this. Yeah, I feel like you know Stroud. I'm hoping he's back, but it doesn't look too good. Davis Mills there you know i feel like there's an edge at home tennessee vrabel kind of coaching for his job um they, they looked improved so and houston's defense i mean if you're giving up 30 points to the jets you're you're in rough shape um so i need a third game i mean god i think i'm gonna take the giants wow six that's like such a momentum boosting win. I, that, yeah, that line is crazy. The Saints stink. They beat the Panthers crazy. last week. The Panthers stink. I, and they could have lost, to right. be honest. Oh. Um, you know, Carr is just, I mean, I might rather have Tommy DeVito Tommy. right now. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, defense, I mean, rally the troops. I know it's a short week, but six points feels like a lot. So, Giant, yeah. Tennessee, and Vegas. There you go. There you go. Uh, okay. Any PNC picks or golf picks? I know CP's not gambling the rest of the year, so he <laughs> says. Uh, but are we going to make a play here? Let me let me look quickly. Look at him now. What is he? They, they don't even have it. You have to find like uh, some legal books here, right? For the PNC, it's not like no way. It's on the legal books. Yeah, it's on the legal books. But but again, I, you were seeing like Stricker, Tiger, Team Tiger, Team Stricker, and Team. Um, Daily, I think, are all in that five to one range. Um, I'd actually probably go Stricker. I mean, the guy is just unbeatable this year, and he loves these silly season events. Daughter? He's with his daughter, one of his daughters, who's a great player. I mean, and she'll be playing from what who knows what tees. True. I mean, yeah. man, that's probably like a world sharp. class junior player right or is she in college now she's in college well, it depends which one one of them is a state champion in high school and one of them's at wisconsin yeah uh, on the golf team so they're both they're both one of them won the wisconsin state amateur i mean they're both right. great great players like potential pros they've got they've gone to q school or one the older one has tried q school already the other one's just going to college i think um so and they've both you know true. caddied for him when he's won i mean they, they've been around the game their whole life they're great players and and again, Steve Stricker, I mean, look at his year this year. It was incredible. He dominated the senior tour. So I um, I, I kind of like them. Who won this last year? Was this the VJ? Yeah, VJ and, Ka- and Cass. Yeah. So and probably probably back. I mean, Cass is like, you know, he's like 25. He's playing this. What are we doing? Oh, Cass is older than that, I think. Older. I mean, come on. Yeah, he, they, I, I said last year was their 16th try together. So <laughs> a long, long time. They had three runner-ups. But they beat Daly's and Thomas's by a shot. So the, the, those the Daly's and the Thomas's had won the previous two years, and they were right in the mix last year. So you know that those guys are going to come to play, no doubt about it. Yeah. And Team Woods actually fell off last year. But again, remember Charlie had the foot injury. Tiger was obviously hurt as always. So you know, it's I'm t- this is a hell of a tournament. I, I'm pumped up for this one. It's like. I'm actually really into this tournament. It's it's you a know, big time event. What what are Tiger and Charlie's odds? Do we know? That's what I'm saying. I think they're all around five to one. Okay. I think Stricker, Thomas, and and uh, Daly and and uh, Tiger, they're all in like this five to one mix. Um, you have to just pick one. It's not like you could pick. Exact exactly. I, I I would probably go Stricker. That's what I'm I'm saying here. I I just think 
that'd be a heck of a story. That'd be really yeah. Cool. I'd love to go Tiger and Charlie, but um, it's too obvious. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I'd love to. I hope hope they win it, but uh, Tiger too needs quick of a turnaround for Tiger. I know they're taking a cart and like yeah, it, it's you can't expect him to go out there and no. It's a silly season event, but still, I mean, he's going against JT. Um, I mean, Cooch and his son probably in this thing too. Cooch's son is good. Um, yeah, I think it's the Strickers to win. I think you're right, Myers. Yeah. All right. All right. Sharp action. Um, okay. Any final thoughts, CP, or did we lose you? Are you still there? Are you still there? He's moving around. Um, you got, are you got your golf glove on yet? You ready to roll? You got your (laughs) shoes? You ready? I gotta get changed. Oh, he's gotta get changed. All right. So we'll let him get. Uh, Check out, check out the tweets. Check out the tweets. Check out the tweets. Very uh, cryptic, but check. What tweets? I don't know what that means. Like the the Twitter account this week. It'll be it'll be buzzing. Oh yeah yeah. I'm sorry. Follow Chris. What is it? Chris Powers fourteen. Something like that. C Powers. C Powers fourteen, because he will be covering the event. Although again, the event doesn't start till Saturday. But no, check out the tweets. He'll be there. He'll be giving us <laughs> Thursday, the, Friday. Yeah, he'll be giving us the boots on the ground stuff, um, and uh, and go take a few bucks off uh, off Luke Curdenin right now. All right. I need some. I need some tips first. He's the best. Oh, of come people. on, you're back. Nonstop, nonstop. I don't time. know that stupid fucking simulator last week. I swear to God, if that fucking ruined me again, I'll I will <laughs> burn that place down. I that was, was the root of your struggles. A simulator, like the first time last year, that, oh, that stupid oh, virtual man. reality game. Uh okay. Um, all right, because it's fake golf. Because it's, it's fake, fake golf, golf and you yeah. got to manipulate the fucking screen. You do have to. Kind I'm, gonna, of I'm gonna go play it. some real golf and see what happens. Yeah, I was popping them up, so I had to like lean, yeah. like duck way down low to like make sure I stayed. I'm never back. doing. I'm never. I'm never doing it again. I've never really done it that much. I'm telling you, that was the most shots I've ever hit on one. And it was fun, but you're right. Yeah, you were kind of a, make adjustments. Yeah. Um, anyway. All right. Well, have fun. Our, uh, our have sponsorship fun deal with, uh, I don't know, any any of these other the, yeah. the, the, the yeah. simulator companies. Yeah, he doesn't speak for the whole company. Neither I'll gladly all. come have a few beers and watch you guys whack them into the screen. I, right. It's great. It's a great place. Five Iron's a great place. I just oh, yeah. won't be it's definitely a great place. Yeah. Partaking in the golf shots. Anyway. town location. Woo. Spectacular. Yep. Great yeah. spot. Um, okay. So shout out to them. Um, all right. Have a great time playing real golf. Thanks again to everyone for listening. Thanks to Joel for joining us. Thanks as always to our producer, Greg Godfrey, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Check back next week when we wrap up a wild 2023 golf season. See ya.